0: You're listening to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast from Clear Creek Community Church, located in the Bay
1: Area of Houston.
0: Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast. Uh, my name is Tanner Smith. I'm your host today, and I'm joined by my friends, Chris Austin. Say, hey, Chris. Hey, Chris. No, <laughs> hey, Tanner. <laughs> Uh, Chris is our 528 campus pastor, has a number of responsibilities that he has on staff. As well, I'm joined by Bruce Wesley, who's our lead pastor. Say, so, hey, Bruce. Hi, Tanner. <laughs> How's it going, guys? Go well. How well yourself? Good. Thank you. Welcome to the podcast. Thank Excited you. to take a closer look uh, at the book of James, specifically the third chapter today. So we're looking at a, uh, an, an interesting text, a very sure. practical text. I'd say, but I'm excited to dive into it. That's kind of the purpose of this podcast over the last few weeks, and I think we're we're a little over, what, halfway through now the book of James? Mm-hmm. We're right at halfway through, yeah, and right? so um, we've been just taking a deeper dive into these rich texts in the book of James that you guys have been preparing yeah. as sermons every week. So let's jump into it. All right. Um, so we're in James chapter three, and we're looking at verses one through 12. Will one of you guys actually read that out loud for me. Chris, you want to do that? 1 through 12? Is that the That's the. That's the whole text? text? Yep. Yeah, let's do read a, it. All? Yeah, read the all whole right. thing.
2: Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouth of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. I mean, look at the ships also. They... For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature that can be tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Good stuff. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to God. God. Amazing. Thanks, Chris.
0: I appreciate that. So as we start off, first question we've been asking on this podcast is just give us the main idea. So... You want somebody to walk out of those doors on Sunday morning with the main idea of your sermon. What is that yeah. going to be? What are they taking home with them? Sure.
2: Bruce, give us, you start that one.
1: Okay. Well, mm-hmm. uh, really, the main idea, obviously, this passage is about the tongue, and he's using tongue as a metaphor to talk about the words that we use, yeah. and so his whole idea is there's power here, so how do we harness this power so that as followers of Jesus— um, our lives and other people's lives are blessed in the way that we harness the power of the tongue. Mm. Yeah, that's good.
2: Yeah, obviously, we're in the Real Faith series, right? So real yeah. faith harnesses the tongue. It controls the tongue. And I think what we're going to come to find out is like, because our words matter, there's great potential in those words. And we'll see in the text what two options at least are yeah. for the potential of those words. So Yeah. Well, yeah. So let's jump into that. So yeah
0: taking a look, and we've been doing this every week, kind of at some of the the nitty gritty around some of these texts, looking at the, um, just the, some of the theological ramifications of each one of them. Let's start off with biblical theology. So biblical theology, the narrative arc of the scriptures, the story of God bringing heaven to earth, um, the gospel, right? As it pertains to the entirety of the Bible. How does this passage specifically, especially it being so you know, niche so specific mm-hmm. about the words that we use. How does that fit into, or maybe some of these verses even fit yeah. into the the biblical uh, theology that we carry?
2: Yeah, we haven't talked about it, so I don't know what you're going to say, but one of the things that jumped out to me at that's least what makes is exciting. Yeah, way, yeah that's this is going to be really exciting. We're going to find <laughs> out. Uh, the first thing that came to my mind when I thought about that was when we get to the power of the tongue and that it is the potential for blessing. Mm. Really kind of that storyline of scripture where, you know, yeah. we, God has blessed us and made us a people to bless. And so I think you see that all throughout the storyline of scripture, right? That yeah. we, we've we been blessed, therefore we get to now be a blessing in a lot of different ways. Trace
0: and, that down for just a second. Yeah. So
2: that started with who? Yeah, Abraham. Yeah. Yeah. God's covenant. And called. so the Abrahamic covenant, you know, yeah. it's like, I'm going to make your people a blessing and you're going to be a blessing to all mankind.
0: Mm. And And that was
2: carried on through the people of Israel. Exactly. Jesus comes onto the scene, calls
0: us
1: to the same thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the ultimate promise, you know, that we we walk in blessing in the presence of the Lord forever in a new heaven and a new earth.
0: So this call for the church to be careful the way that they speak to one another mm-hmm. and to people in the world is not some like new, Yeah, it's not handed to the church. It's like, oh, this is some kind of new idea. This is, right. you're saying it's a part of what has been for the people of God throughout the biblical for narrative. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Because we could say, really, when you just think about the word, or words, yeah. You know, we see creation, fall, redemption, restoration in in, in that alone. You know, mm-hmm. God said, "Let there be light," and yeah. there was light. So there is this power in the word, and we see from the very beginning, for instance, with the Tower of Babel and in Genesis eleven mm-hmm. of the the fall. Uh, the picture of the fall was people used the power that they had together to try to substitute for God, yeah. and so. Actually, God intentionally in, uh, confused the power of their words in order for them to see their need for God. And in this text, you know, we see clearly that uh, the effect, the negative effect of the way we use words, is intended to help us see our need for God. You know, the, our we'll, we'll get into other doctrinal things yeah. later, but like the doctrine of man is that, that we are broken, we stumble in many ways. You know, right. the text says, and so, um, so then. The whole redemption process. Well, hold
0: on a second. Just on that, on the fall, you even have language like the curse, right? Mm -hmm. The curse that's brought in, as opposed to the flourishing blessing that God wanted for the people in Eden. Now you have the the curse introduced into that, right?
1: Right. And so to use words in a way that's in keeping with the fall always brings a curse. Mm. It curses people. Yeah, that's good. uh, And people carry that curse with them until there's a breakthrough a blessing. Wow. Mm-hmm.
0: That's That's great. Okay. Yeah. So oh, yeah. then
1: moving moving forward to redemption. Yeah. And so Jesus comes and he is the word, the word of God. Yeah. The word was with us. Mm. And so uh, we, we not only see Jesus as the word, but Jesus left us the word of the gospel, the mm. word of truth. And so again, this is the message that gives us in words, a picture of the reality of who Jesus is, why he came, yeah. what he came to do. Yeah. And that's the, the redemption part of that. And the restoration part, of course, that's what James is talking about. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. saying, no, no, you don't need to live in a way that you're using words in destructive ways because you've been given life in Jesus. Yeah. And so you can live into this restoration.
0: So you guys are saying the words that we share are even partly the way that we participate in the renewal of all things for sure. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Wow. As a matter of fact, in this text, he talks specifically how the words we share are on the front end of how we grow spiritually. Hmm. And there's a lot, there's yeah. a
0: lot. I, I like kind of don't want to move on, just want to sit here <laughs> yeah. for a while, but I think we, we'll need to. And that's okay. Cause that is a good tie into just, so we look at things through the lens of biblical theology. Mm-hmm. We can also look at some of this through the lens of um, systematic theology. So, here in the same passage, and even through kind of that same idea, what are some of the doctrines that we see here in this text?
2: Yeah, I mean, there's a few. There's a few, I think, that yeah. pop out. So um, there's one part of the text where he says, "You know, we all stumble." Yeah. And so he's obviously addressing our words, but also the reality is that, I mean, we all fall short. It's the d- right. de- depravity of man, depravity, and yeah. so. You start to see it's like, even in trying to control our words, that we all we all sin, we all miss the mark of what God's plan is for mm-hmm. that. And so I think that's one thing that jumps out in this yeah. text is just our our depravity. For
1: sure.
0: Yeah. What else is in here? Yep.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I would agree with Chris and, and say that primarily this text shows us depravity yeah. because it emphasizes the mixed bag of the human experience. Yeah. The, because words reveal what's in our heart. And, you know, he talks about how these words can... Uh, bring blessing, but that these words can be set on fire by hell itself, yeah. that there's this ugly result, you know, mm. of a life lived where words are used uh, badly. And uh, so I, I think that if I'm sitting on the other side of the teaching of this, it's it's hard to hear somewhat. Mm, yeah. Uh, I don't think most people would argue with it because we've all used words. Yeah. In both ways, to bless and to curse, we all have you those know? experiences. Yes, yeah, sure. the very thing that James says that what, what's the deal? You you can't go both ways. It's right. like I know you can't, but we have. You mm-hmm. know, <laughs> we we've done it both ways. We've blessed and we've cursed uh, with words. So I do think it's this doctrine of sin and the doctrine of man that is prevalent um, in the text. But I do think also um, just the the gospel of salvation or, or the the doctrine of is right. in the text. And it, it looks a little obscure in some ways because it's focused on the role of teachers and who can be a teacher. Yeah. And James is really concerned about that because if you think about it, you know he's bringing he, he's speaking to people who are all over the known world at the time, and they're the first generation of Christians. Mm-hmm. And so if teaching isn't right with them, it's going to be really ugly in the yeah. second generation. Oh, yeah. Here we are in the 500th generation. Mm-hmm. And how much bad teaching have we seen that has robbed people of the blessing that God intended for them to have because they didn't follow what James says and yeah. uh, people became teachers that shouldn't be teachers.
0: Interesting. And I I kind of was almost seeing potentially even a juxtaposition here because I see the depravity there, but then there's also this mention of like you you're cursing people who are made in the image of God. So is mm-hmm. that even is the imago Dei is that sure. sort of even a a principle that can be found here? Oh yeah,
2: no doubt. Okay, describe
0: I mean, that a little bit, maybe for somebody listening who doesn't know what that
1: is. Well, Amago Day is just that we are created in the image of God, uh, and as people created in the image of God, that's why we have value. You know, we we could spend the whole time just talking about how human beings are treated simply because we're created in the image of God. And yet, in verse nine in this text, what he says is that with the tongue, you know, this restless evil, we can bless God, you know, as our Father with His tongue. We Mm -hmm. worship Him, and then the caution is that, but we. at the same time, uh, out of the same mouth, you yeah. know we curse mm-hmm. those who are made in, made the, in image the image of God yeah. so we've we've totally lost sight yeah. mm-hmm. of how God sees us and how we should see one another when we behave that way and uh, so returning to the image of God is really the end game that he wants is he wants us to see everyone in the image of God and know that how we talk to each other is really driven by that Wow
0: it's fascinating it's yeah. like really good stuff. Okay, so um, we've talked about biblical theology, systematic theology, kind of uh, each of our participation in that. Um, I know when you know you're you're sitting down for uh, to prepare for a sermon like this, and you're kind of working through it. You have the, the people that you're preaching to in mind, mm-hmm. and you have a certain amount of time. So there's all this good stuff, all this rich stuff, and yet you're only able to share a few things with a steady kind of stream of thought. So. What what kinds of things didn't make it into your sermon, your final sermon? What kinds of things did yeah. you leave on the cutting room floor that you're like, gosh, I wish I could talk about this, because this is the space for that. Right. These, this right. is the audience. These are the people. Yeah. So what are those things?
2: Well, I think there's always multiple things, because, again, you can't get as deep into some of the—I mean, even the depravity of man, we'll we'll touch on, but you can't get into— that much, right? The made in the image of God. You can get in that a little bit. You can't get into the whole point of that. Yeah. Um, I think when he he kind of brings out in the text, you know, the whole idea for teachers um, that you will be judged more strictly. Mm. And so, a lot of times when we use the word judge, there's there's a lot of conversation around like what. So what kind of judgment is he talking about? Uh, and yeah, what for sure. what type of rewards come with certain behaviors? And so I think some of that gets cut. You know, it's like okay, we don't have time to dig into. You know all the different types of judgment. Is that judgment at the you know towards nonbelievers? Is that judgment towards the believers? That judgment right. to our works here on earth that are going to last. And so there's those kind of things that you go. That's a sermon for another day. But yeah, yet it's it's mentioned in there. It's there. And so we have to give it a little bit of attention so that we don't confuse people, but we don't give it the attention that we really can. Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: What else? What are are some other things got? One of the things that's obvious to me
1: as I read the book of James is James, it drives him crazy when there's inconsistency. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are just some people, that's their personality, right? But but this is more than a personality issue. What he's really talking about is um, people whose faith is Mm inconsistent— puts him in a position of doubt. He uses that word of Mm double-minded when he talks about, you know, doubt earlier in like in chapter one. But then when he gets into chapter three, he's talking about, uh, for instance, a a freshwater pond and a saltwater pond and both fresh and bad water are coming from the same pond or, you know, can a, can an olive uh, or or I guess it's an olive tree, bear figs uh, and yeah, uh, or vice versa, can a fig yeah. tree bear olives and a grapevine produce figs? And w- what he's saying is, you know, there's a nature that we have that should produce a certain kind of fruit, hmm. and yet there is this inconsistency when it comes to um, words yeah. that should not be so. So hmm. he's he's got angst about this hmm. because he's protective of this community that God's creating and the, you know the gospels in the center of that community and the way that we yeah. should treat each other because of that. I wish I could get into all that stuff, yeah. but yeah. you know, it's just one of those things that we he, don't have time for.
0: James is sort of like the master of analogies. Oh, right? like isn't that's that very practical? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's his thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's kind of like, which I suppose maybe he picked up from Jesus. Yes. Maybe you they think? picked up from Joseph.
1: That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's that's kind of crazy. We won't go it. there. But well, Jesus and, and, Joseph, uh, and James being at the same dinner table with yeah. the family growing up, I mean. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It would have been a it's, lot of, yeah, relating to like, you know. It's kind of like bread. There's just a lot of that stuff happening at the dinner table. Yeah, But by the the way, because I said
1: that, because James is the half brother of Jesus. Right. Exactly. Meaning he was, they they were raised in the same home. And our mention Mm -hmm. to Joseph would have been his. Yeah. His father. His father. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, James's father, Jesus's father was the father. Okay. Moving on. We digress. Um, So when we bring a sermon, preach a message, uh, obviously you, Anytime you finish, you're basically finishing a sermon with the idea of like, okay, here's what you can do with this. This is the practical application. Mm-hmm. So I, I know you guys will do that in your sermons, you know, to some degree in this space. And for this audience, what are some, if you could spend a little bit more time just really fleshing out how this looks practically, uh, in terms of taming the tongue, what does that look like in, in the lives of, of followers of Jesus? Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, in this text, James doesn't really resolve the problem. Hmm. He he states the problem and yeah. tells us like, man, you're there's no way you can do this. You can't tame the tongue. We've tried and tried and tried again. And so obviously in the application part of that, then we want to bring to some kind of a conclusion yeah. how we can get to that place. And so that's where we go back to some of the teachings of Jesus and begin to see that, you know, it really is the source when he goes back to, you know, your product or your produce as a result of the source. Yeah. You know, what is the source of the tongue cursing hmm. the way the tongue curses and he says it ultimately is your heart. And yeah. so that's where we go back to the teaching of Jesus where he says really the out of the overflow of your heart is where mouth your speaks. mouth speaks. Mm-hmm. And so that then requires us to go, Okay, we can't tame the tongue, but God can do a work in our heart. Yeah. And so, again, if you're going back to one of the theologies that we want to spend more time on, it would be just the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in us that empowers us yeah. to live out a real faith, specifically in how that real faith shows up yeah. in our words. But we can't do that on our own. It's not like right. we can go home and try harder yeah. to control our mouths. Um, we have to ask God to do a work in our hearts.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So somebody who has been a follower of Jesus for a while and has a real significant problem with this, with their tongue, they find they're always uh, cursing their brothers who are made in the image of God, brothers and sisters. Yeah. They um, find it difficult to be quick to listen, slow to speak. Yeah. They need to ask God, God, move me, yeah, work in me, sure. work my heart. What What are some, uh, I mean, in what where does that happen in in a, in a believer's life? Is that just like, well, when they come to church, they spend some time singing, and that does it? Is it at home in their prayer life? Is it with other? I mean, just maybe, just someone
1: describe yeah. some of those disciplines that allows for that. Yeah, you think about how does God change a heart, and when? When does God change a heart? Yeah, in, in His sovereignty, He can change a heart anytime He wants. But if we think about how we engage with God in a way. It changes our heart. We we have to come to the place of desperation. So it, we've got to feel a lot of pain in our life, really. Yeah. We've got to see how the way we're using words is creating a life filled with curses for me and for others. This is not God's plan. And if we have real faith, then we, we turn to God in prayer uh, regularly, passionately, confessing our sin and... Yeah begging God to do something to change me. And you know, we we've all been there in our own uh spiritual growth process where we have certain seasons where our repentance mm-hmm. is very specific because of some behavior in our life. Become and think,
0: hyper aware of like of the problem. Right? Yeah,
1: exactly. So um uh, maybe we we've had been fearful or full of anxiety, and it 's something that we're almost every passage we read, for instance, we kind of read through that filter because we know this is broken in us, mm-hmm. and we need God to do a work in us and so we are breathing prayers constantly, Lord, help me to yeah help me to be at peace in the midst of my anxiety, whatever, yeah. but in this case, you know, Lord, change my heart right. because I know that when i for instance when i um when I yell at people I love that um that's that's driven by my, my need to have power yeah. and you're the one who has power mm. or God, when I'm a cynic and I criticize people and I don't even know them, but I'm such a cynic. I'm always criticizing them. Where does that cynicism come from? Yeah. And it's like, cause I have a hopelessness in our world. And that's right. kind of where cynicism comes from. So I have to give that to God and say, God, bring hope into my heart yeah. so that I, I stop doing this. It's poison to me. It's a poison to others. And so it's a very specific kind of repentance.
0: And that, the way that you're describing that too, that takes time and place. Like it takes a, a designated space for really reflection, to recognize those things, right? To to say them out loud, to allow the Spirit to speak. Like we live in a hurry, busy society, and sometimes it's just like, okay, ask God to change my heart. Cool. Yeah. I'll uh, do that yeah. in the two minutes you give me after the sermon, yeah. and then like... Uh, get out yeah. and about, but we actually need, what you're saying is we need to create space, margin in our lives to process those kinds of For things. For me,
1: it, a lot of that happens in, two places it happens in journaling. Yeah. Uh, because journaling keeps something on my radar. Kind of what you said a moment ago, you know, we say it one time and right. we're, we're moving on and it's not like we mean to move on. It's not like life is coming at us, right? Yeah. And uh, journaling though is one of those things that the, the way I journal is I go back and read what I've read in my journal, huh. you know, about once a week, kind of go back and read, read the last week. And then periodically I go way back. And uh, and this is where I've noticed, you know, patterns in my life where I was like, I've been asking God for a year mm. to deal with this, wow. you know, whatever it is uh, in my heart. And so uh, I think that's a way. And the other way is, obviously, it's it's got to be with people, especially with words. I mean, people yeah. witness how we use words, they... They know, um, they know our heart somewhat because mm. of the way we've used words. Right. And so, if I'm in a an environment where I trust people and we can talk openly about that, we really can sharpen each other.
0: Yeah. So, in the context of communities, that's where you begin to see the problem in the first place, because that's where you're having those conversations. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: But it's honestly asking God. I mean, the psalmist says, "Search me, O God, and know my heart." Yeah. You know, test me. And so, some of that is a listening type of a prayer that right. says. God, I'm asking you now to search me, and then I'm going to sit and and listen for what you reveal yeah. out of my heart. Yeah, And it might be listening through journaling or whatever else. But yeah. it is it's kind of like I get into that place where you're like, God, search me, because I don't want to keep having to apologize. I don't right. want to have to keep going to my family and saying I'm sorry. And so it's like you get to that place of brokenness where you're like, God, I need you to search me and change me, because I can't, keep, I obviously can't do it on my own strength because I keep going and doing the exact same thing over and over again, Yeah, you know. So on a personal mm-hmm. level, then for you guys
0: studying a, a text like this, yeah. I mentioned before, I, I know if it's got to be when you're when you're reading, when you're studying this, you're thinking about the people in the chairs that you're preaching um, to, but at the same time, as you're studying, the Spirit speaking to you. For sure. Studying for this sermon, what was the Spirit speaking to you? How personally were you challenged as you yeah. were studying through this?
1: So, I have kind of four phrases that. I feel like are indicative or they're, they they help shape how I think about really what my calling is. Okay. And um uh, and one of them is to give the blessing. Hmm. And uh so you would think as a person who really thinks this is one of the things I'm I'm called to do uh at this stage of my life, this place in my life is to be a person who gives a blessing. Hmm. Because um, really, only God can bless, right? But yeah. we we get to be instruments of God mm-hmm. to yeah. say, uh, "This is what the Lord says about you," or "This is what I see in you," and it's a it's a blessing. So, uh, I'm studying through all this thinking, I need to be more focused on yeah. what I say I'm about. And that is mm-hmm. to, to give the blessing. Same way, uh, when it comes to, you know, I have a, a rule that I live by. It's like, don't talk about people. You talk to people, mm-hmm. you know? So if someone's not in the room, they're not in a conversation, yeah. you know, because, uh, that never goes well. And, uh, that's not life-giving. It's not blessing. And so and yet I, you know, I've definitely been in conversations where I'm like, I'm talking about somebody instead of Mm -hmm. talking to them. And this passage has reminded me of that. Mm. So it's convicting. There's a lot of wisdom there for sure.
2: I mean, I think, you know, that opening warning to those that teach, you know, that's just, you know, you do want to approach this opportunity and the privilege Mm. to be a teacher of God's word, you know, with great humility. And again, make sure you're searching your own heart, that you're not using it for shameful gain or for power or whatever else that, You know, we might use it for, and so I think that was, you know, just for me in studying. It's like just to to guard your own heart when you have the opportunity to, yeah, to open God's word with people. You know, and you do want to reprove and rebuke and correct, and you want to teach and you want to admonish, but you also want to do that with great humility. Yeah. So I mean, that is a piece of that, and then I think the blessing too really is like, man, one, I want to be that kind of person, right, that gives blessing, right. Um, But the the convicting part is just kind of meditating on this, like, why do I not?
0: Hmm.
2: Like, what is it in me that doesn't more freely bless others? And again, you start looking at that, and that gets ugly quick too, right? It's like, oh, I want the glory for myself. Is that why I don't give a blessing? I want to position myself over somebody, so therefore I don't want to elevate them by offering a blessing. Mm. I want to, you know, there's just a lot of ugly things when you think about, why am I not being more free with blessing others with my words? And... So some of that starts to do some hard work to go. Yeah. Okay, I can't start blessing people well unless I get some of that identity stuff out of my own life, where my identities in other things that aren't in Christ. So that's the right. way. That's why we always use the phrase "preach the gospel to yourself." So mm-hmm. yeah. that just reminds me, I've got to remind myself that I am a significant. I am secure. I'm accepted in Christ. Yeah. Therefore, I can freely now say that stuff to everybody else. Mm. Yeah.
1: Hey, one of the thoughts I had about this was that when, when James uses the tongue. He, again he he's using something metaphorical right. so is he talking just about words or is he talking about the this gets a little philosophical but it's not you know words aren't just something we say in in our minds when we think a thought we think of that thought in words hmm. and so our thoughts our struggles even about yeah. um you know whether they're worry or uh hatred all of those traffic in words. Mm. So in, there's a sense in which this is all about the tongue, right? So what's going on in your mind is rooted in, uh, or, or the, the medium anyway, is rooted in the tongue. It's rooted yeah. in words. And so kind of what, what Chris was talking about, I, I definitely think that um, when we think about how we communicate, we need to think about how we communicate to ourselves, hmm. as well, we preach the gospel to ourselves, we're also our own most important counselor because yeah. we listen to ourselves more than we listen to anyone else, and so when we take serious the responsibility to um to use words in our own minds, well, yeah, not you know don't give ourselves freedom to it doesn't matter what I think, yeah it, it matters what I say, nope, it even matters. What you, what words I mean, you use when you think yeah. when you're all alone, because, you know that again that's a front end piece right. of really the whole rest of your life. It's it is the rudder that guides the ship. It's the yeah. bit in the horse's yeah. mouth that guides the whole life.
0: Well, that's so interesting too because in your sermon you use the the phrase words create worlds, and even if you back that up, I mean yes the words that come out of your mouth create a, a reality in some sense for other people. But mm-hmm. if you back that up. Words are created by worlds. Mm-hmm. The world in which you live, the reality of the gospel that you sure. live into is what creates those thoughts, those intents, those meanings, and then ultimately the words that come out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. Appreciate you yep. guys' vulnerability and honesty with that. That's actually my favorite question of this podcast series sure. to ask because you just get to hear people's yeah. heart and i love hearing y'all's hearts as you're studying for this stuff so thank you for that thank you yep
2: i think the psalmist said it like that let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart, heart you Makes know sense. be pleasing yeah in your sight and so it, it goes back to the, our, our thought lives that produce the words that we're going to speak
0: yeah. and, you know that's so good I, there yeah. are so many times in this specific podcast where we could have just camped out on stuff yep. by the way a whole separate podcast on the other three phrases that you've built your calling around <laughs> yeah. we're doing that one next for sure um But thank you guys so much for your time. This has been really great. I know even for me, for those that are listening. And thanks, everyone, for listening to the Clear Creek Resources podcast. Come hang out with us on a Sunday or a Wednesday. Study the book of James with us. We'll be back next time. Appreciate you guys. Thanks, Tanner. Thank you, Tanner.
1: Thank you guys so much for listening today. I hope this conversation was helpful. If you want to watch the video of this podcast or share it with a friend, you can find it at clearcreekresources.org where you can also find articles, music, and a lot more. Thanks so much for joining us today.